Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Positively Trek podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We can't do the show without you. And we can't do it without our patrons on Patreon, including Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, and Dave Garcia. So if you would like to also contribute to the show, go to patreon.com slash positively track. You'll get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout outs, and associate producer credits are available as well. So again, thank you so much. And let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Positively Trek. I'm Dan Gunther with my co-host, Bruce Gibson, who is here to talk all about the week's news in Star Trek. So, Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. What makes this episode so exciting to you, Dan? It's always exciting. I love talking Star Trek with my best Star Trek friend, Bruce. There's a lot of really interesting news, so... Well, yeah. I'm just I'm just being a mariner and a Rutherford right now, just testing to see if your positive <laughs> energy will build me up and feed into enthusiasm. And I'm here. Yes, I'm so excited. I really am. Ah, <laughs> oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah, I I kind of am tendy a little bit sometimes, aren't I? But I guess sometimes I'm a bit of a, a mariner or a Rutherford. Sometimes I bring things down. Hopefully, I try and bring things up as much as I can, though. I am a ransom. Because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> handsome. <laughs> Maybe I'm more of a Shax. Your pa's weak. <laughs> I think the older I get, the more Shax I get. Although sometimes when I'm talking, I feel like maybe I'm a bit of a Kayshawn because sometimes the confused look I get from people makes me think that I'm not making myself understood all that well. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I'm at work, I'm Dr. Tiana. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, we could keep going and be the entire cast of Lower Decks at this point. We're just about there. That could be fun. But we're going to talk about a bunch of Star Trek on television as well as a number of other news items. Lots of stuff in the news this week. Uh, so first of all, we're going to talk about Star Trek returning to New York Comic Con. Uh, we've also got your favorite part of the news cycle here, Bruce. We're going to talk Star Trek movies. Ooh. Imagine that. Yeah. More news slash non-news with Star Trek films. Uh, we've also got Discovery winning at the Technical Emmys, so we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, we've got an exciting new model coming from Eagle Moss, finally, one I've really been waiting for. We'll talk about that a little later. And some Star Trek comic news as well. And to cap it all off, a bit of Star Trek book news right at the end. So to start out with our top story this week... I've always wanted to say that. That sounds so official. Our top story this week. We have Star Trek returning to the New York Comic Con with a Discovery cast panel and a screening of the Star Trek Prodigy premiere. So, wow. That's crazy. Okay, so first of all, the full schedule for New York Comic Con has been released. And on Saturday, October 9th at 12.45 p.m. Eastern, 
we have the cast and executive producers of Star Trek Discovery on stage to preview a bit of the fourth season. And that, of course, is coming uh, November 18th is when Discovery Season 4 premieres. So, Bruce... I've got to ask, we didn't get a trailer for season four during the Star Trek Day celebrations. And now I think we know why. I'm pretty sure they're saving it for this panel. So are you excited for this discovery panel? Of course I'm excited. But oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to be there now. I mean, this wait, none of this is being streamed online, right? This is all in person. For $20, there's a digital ticket badge for anyone to watch live streams of the weekend's events. Oh, see, here's the thing. And anybody's ever heard me say about this because, uh, you know, when it comes to New York Comic Con, I've never been because it's usually the weekend of my birthday and Dan's birthday, too, because ours are close mm -hmm. together. So I have friends that typically go to uh, New York Comic Con and say, hey, you're going to come up. And I'm always like, well, no, I can't because I've got family things going on for my birthday. My wife and my kids are doing something for with me and my parents are doing something, you know, and it's like, I never felt good about like, oh, leaving the whole weekend during my birthday weekend, because it's the only time we can really get together and celebrate. And some people say to me, but it's your birthday, you should be able to do whatever you want. Well, I want to be with my family, right? And people say like, well, take them with you. I'm like, they don't want to spend the whole weekend at New York Comic Con. So anyway, and then I wouldn't be able to get to do all the stuff I want to do if they're there. Anyway, long story short, now it's the weekend after my birthday. So this is one time I really could go. But I'm not going because like COVID and all that stuff. <laughs> like I'm just like, yeah. it's a no win. <laughs> but my gosh, they're going to show a whole episode, the premiere episode of Prodigy on Sunday. I know I'm skipping ahead. First of all, yes, I think a trailer is going to be cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out on Discovery what's discussed on the panel. We'll hear about mm -hmm. that online. We'll get the trailer online. So I'm not worried about that. But man, there's people going to see Prodigy the day after and I'm sure we'll hear about it, but we won't see it, Dan. We're going to have to yeah. wait weeks later. And I have looked into this a little bit more. So that $20 digital ticket lets you watch all of the panels, but the Prodigy premiere is indeed exclusive to in-person attendees only. So, yeah, I might pay for this ticket to watch those panels. Maybe. I don't know, depending on what I'm doing at that time. But, uh, man, would that really i'm just gonna say it it would so kick ass to see that prodigy premiere cbs come on send me there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i yeah more than likely i won't because i'm in atlanta so it's harder for me to get to new york than usual i used to live not that far from new york and boy do i wish i were up there now anyway i'm sorry I, this is all just news to me so you're hearing my initial reactions i need <laughs> tended to keep me positive <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, so yeah, that screening of the uh, Star Trek Prodigy premiere is on Sunday, October 10th at 12.45 p.m. Eastern. So both panels, they're Saturday and Sunday, 12.45 p.m. And uh, I'm, I'm just really, yeah, I'm jealous of the people who are going to be there to do that. Now, TrekCore has confirmed that both the Discovery and Prodigy onstage cast and crew panels will be streamed for those people watching online. So I might spring for this digital ticket i've never done that before i've only seen stuff that was streamed for free online so that would be pretty cool in-person tickets by the way if, i don't know if this helps or not they're apparently uh completely sold out already so even if you wanted to go you couldn't so there i don't know go. if that helps that it like, does it's help. out of your hands it helps to know that i don't have to make the decision because <laughs> i'm sitting yeah. here thinking maybe i will go maybe i will just fly up there for this 
I know it's so stupid because I'm going to see the episode <laughs> in a few weeks after that anyway, but still. Okay, but we need someone. I'm putting it out there. If any of you who are listening now are going to this event and are going to see that screening, we want you to come on the show because we yes. want to talk about it. We would love to have an, like a spoiler-free review would be fine, but like we want, yeah, that would be a lot of fun for sure. So uh, yeah, keep us in mind and, you know, buy us something while you're there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in addition to those two big panels, there are a few other Star Trek related events at New York Comic Con. And I'm actually really excited about these as well, checking these out. On Thursday, October 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern, there's a virtual only panel. So online only for Star Trek Explorer. And what's Star Trek Explorer, you ask? Is that a new series I haven't heard about? No, it's actually the newly redesigned official Star Trek magazine. So there's going to be a panel all about that. I'm fascinated about that because uh, I've actually, I've gone and subscribed. I haven't subscribed to a magazine in years, but I actually went and subscribed to this recently because I'm curious to see what they do with this new magazine, as well as there's apparently original fiction short stories that are going to be a part of each monthly issue, which I think would be a lot of fun to talk about on our book club episodes. So curious about that. I just realized, yeah, you weren't on the show when we discussed the magazine. So, mm -hmm. and you and I haven't talked to really at anything about it offline i am really stoked about the original fiction and i mean i'm interested in the articles too i mean but it's the fiction that i'm really excited about and not only that but in i think it's april of next year they're going to release all the past fiction that they did in the star trek magazine uh that focused on star trek online and the mm -hmm. enterprise j and wait not today the where are we f f yeah <laughs> i was like wait which letter are we at now the enterprise f i read a few of those but i didn't have all of them and i had just been pricing to buy all those old issues and it was just gonna be too expensive and then i heard the book was coming out. i was like this is perfect so i'm so stoked so dan yeah i i do want to talk about this original fiction as they come out that's true yeah like you said i wasn't on those episodes but i did hear you guys talking about that so that really stoked my uh, curiosity and interest in this so I, i'm really curious to check this out i'm tendy right now i'm excited <laughs> totally well, something that I'm really excited about also every year, I have to get the Hallmark Keepsake Ornaments. And on Friday, October 8th at 5 p.m., there's a panel at New York Comic Con about the 2022 Hallmark Star Trek Keepsake Ornaments. Sorry, I should just say the panel's not just about Star Trek ornaments. I know we have tunnel vision a little bit when it comes to Star Trek. This is just all about the Hallmark Keepsake Ornaments in general, but... Of course, Star Trek will be included in that. There's Star Trek characters, ships, and settings, and all of that. Uh, the last few years, we've been getting the Mirror Mirror Storyteller ornaments. You know, the speculation here on the Trek Corps article is that maybe it's a USS Cerritos ornament. I think that would be an excellent choice. Uh, this year's, for example, is La Serena from Star Trek Picard. So a Cerritos on the Christmas tree would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm reading the details of this panel. It's not just Star Trek, but to your point, all the different Hallmark ornaments such as Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel, DC Comics, Nintendo, and more. Again, I mentioned this on a previous episode. I, I don't own a single Hallmark ornament. I need to get one. I just need to just 
do it. I don't know why I haven't done it. Well, I'm kind of a curmudgeon sometimes when it comes to Christmas, <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing. I'm always thinking like what to get my daughters for Christmas and they do like Christmas ornaments and my one daughter is a huge Harry Potter fan. So that takes care of that. My other daughter, not really, maybe Nintendo, maybe Star Wars. Her fandom, I don't see represented here, the stuff that she's really into, but I need to do that. But yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. check out the Star Trek stuff. Yeah, we'll have to talk uh, after we're done recording and you'll have to tell me like of all the Hallmark ornaments over the years, what's the one that you're like, ooh, I would love to see that one on my tree. That would be, I'd love to know that. Ooh, yeah, I'd have to look through them all, but I can tell you it would probably be a ship of some type. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay. I don't know if I'd want, you know, Kirk and Spock dying and that playback going on during the holidays it's a little depressing my favorite one probably has to be from the 50th anniversary and it's the salt vampire attacking kirk (laughs) and i'm like oh this is so festive and of course it was the 50th anniversary because the man trap was the first episode ever aired right but you press the little button and you have the audio of this creature coming towards kirk and then kirk screaming at the top of his lungs and i'm like Ah, this is the way to celebrate the holidays. Yes. Get <laughs> out so the eggnog, crazy. kids. We're going to watch the vampire, salt vampire attack Kirk. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, I wondered. They, I'm sure they don't have this because I don't even know how they would produce it. But what about the Christmas ball that was hanging from the Christmas tree in Generations? Oh, that would be neat. Yeah, hmm. I'd like to see that. Yeah, there, there's been tons of different ones over the years. I think uh, there was even a few like blown glass ones. I remember that was like Worf's head and there was Q in his judge's robes. And the ships are a huge, they're, they're a love of mine. I try to get them all though. I do love all the little dioramas and the characters and stuff. So I have done when I lived alone, a Christmas tree that was 100% Star Trek ornaments. And that was all that was on it because I have enough now to do that. (laughs) Okay. So when I lived alone, I did not have a Christmas tree. I didn't decorate my apartment for Christmas. And my mother got on my case about it. She's like, you should decorate. I'm like, why? I come here for the holidays to, you know, my parents' home. Yeah. Some friends come over to my place, but we're not celebrating Christmas when they come over. I don't feel like I need to decorate. If I'm decorating, it's just for me. But she bought me a little tree, almost like a little Charlie Brown Hmm. tree that I would sit out, right? And I think it already had a little bit of ornaments already on it or something. But now that I'm married and have kids, we used to have two trees. I don't know why we had two trees. I think my wife had one and then she wanted a nicer one. So we put the, the one that wasn't so nice in the family room and the other one was nicer in the front of the house in the living room window and stuff. But those trees... From my childhood ornaments, my parents gave me the ones she had, the ones my kids have gotten. We have so many ornaments. I think that's one reason I haven't gotten any Hallmark ornaments is like because we have so many. And they're kind mm. of expensive too, aren't they? They're pricey. Yeah, they're they're definitely pricey. And they've gone up. They, they keep going up every year. There's usually been some that aren't light and sound that are just like a little figure or something. Although the last couple of years with the storyteller ornaments kind of being the main focus, I don't think they've done any of those but those can be a little cheaper but they're they're expensive yeah just what i need to do give hallmark more of my money i mean cards are expensive you get a greeting card at eight dollars that says oh honey i know i haven't told you lately how much i love you but i love you really that's it eight dollars <laughs> for that sorry i'm getting that curmudgeon thing going on now 
Oh, man. I do love the Hallmark keepsake ornaments. I even do have a few that aren't Star Trek, believe it or not. I have the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 car. I have oh, cool. the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Uh, they do Disney ones all the time. Um, Nikki, of course, my wife, has a ton of Star Wars Hallmark ornaments. So, yeah, they make up a good portion of what we put on the tree now. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty cool. I, I like I've seen trees where people do it all Star Wars or all Star Trek or whatever. And those are pretty cool because it's a theme, mm-hmm. right? It's nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And and somewhere right now, Kevin Dilmore is smiling and hearing a cha-ching button in the back of his mind. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. But you haven't heard the ka-ching from me yet. we'll get him there we'll get him there kevin we'll we'll work on him (laughs) but i have i'm gonna take that back i have bought hallmark ornaments star trek hallmark ornaments and even directly from kevin at star trek las vegas but i'm always buying them for other people who Mm -hmm. who then pay me back (laughs) so there you go there you go yeah i will get this year's hallmark ornaments as usual and probably talk about them on the show at some point because yeah they're pretty cool i want to do a youtube video that when your tree is decorated, you show us all the ornaments on your tree. They're Star Trek. I usually do one every year of just like a quick like look at, at various ornaments and stuff. So I'll, I'll try and do that again this year for sure. Awesome. Good. Well, one final panel that Star Trek fans might be interested in at New York Comic Con on Saturday, October 9th at 2.15 p.m. Eastern. The Roddenberry Podcast Network will be hosting a panel about how Star Trek teaches us to be better members of the local and global community. So I I like that topic. That's interesting. Kind of annoyed that I'm advertising for other podcasts right now. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Love the Roddenberry Podcast Network, of course. That sounds like an interesting panel. That would be fun to check out as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's it's those topics that are interesting. Of course, I'm I'm more excited about stuff that, you know, new Star Trek stuff that we can get or see. But yeah, a panel like that, I mean, isn't that part of the reason why we're Star Trek fans? And that's the thing. I've always felt that as Star Trek fans, we talk about a more positive future and a better humanity. And we really need to put more energy into actually making those things happen. I mean, we can mm-hmm. spread mess spread messages, but even I have thought in the past of starting a local Star Trek group in my area where we do charity work and do like go areas where we you know help clean up or do Habitat for Humanities because I have a good friend who's running a division of that right now, and so I mean we really need to get out there and, and do those things mm-hmm. and make the world a better place. Absolutely, and that that's a wonderful idea and. I think, you know, people looking for inspiration for that might look to this panel at the New York Comic Con. And uh, the hosts of this panel are from the Roddenberry Podcast's Priority One and Women at Warp shows. So both excellent podcasts. And uh, I think this would be a really interesting one to check out for, like you said, very practical purposes, for sure. Excellent podcasts, but not exciting podcasts like this one. I, I'm going to reach out to them and say they're, they're pretty exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're talking about building a global community here, Bruce. Come on, less division, more togetherness. (laughs) I'm just being Mariner right now. Okay. Moving from there onto the next story we want to talk about. And again, this is just, I'm sure Bruce, your favorite thing to talk about on this podcast, which is Star Trek movie news. Ooh, we've got some exciting news from the world of Star Trek films. Yay. And, uh, 
of course I'm being kind of sarcastic here because uh, I feel like you're a little sick and tired of some of this uh, non-news that keeps coming out about Star Trek films. Uh, yeah, only because I don't really believe any of it. <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why mention it? You know, it's like, it's like somebody that tells you they're going to, yeah, hey, we should hang out and, and do something. And every time you ask them, they come up with a reason why they can't get together. But they keep saying they want to. And after like 10 times, you're like, I don't know if this person really wants to hang out with me, but they keep telling me they want to. But every time I ask them, they always have some excuse not to. But they keep telling me they're going to. And it's like, you know, I don't like if the dude calls me and says, hey, let's go do this right now, then I'll believe they actually want to hang out with me. But I'm tired of asking. That's kind of how I feel. I'm not really I'm not bitter. It sounds like I'm bitter. <laughs> I'm just having I'm just having fun. And I love all those podcasts we talk about. I'm just having fun right now, picking on things. But it does kind of suck because we keep being told about movies and then it always changes and not, that stuff doesn't happen. I'm all for this. I'm 100 percent behind everything that they're saying they may want to do but again it's not going to happen until they say action in my mind it's just fluff it's just at least they're thinking about it that's all i can say but i do have comments later i want to hear what you have to say well let's get to the actual news here so what has happened here is uh the new um chief the new head of paramount is Brian Robbins. So Jim Giannopoulos is handing over the reins to Brian Robbins. He's been appointed the president and CEO of Paramount Studios. Uh, in addition, he has his current responsibilities of leading Nickelodeon. So he's in charge of Nickelodeon and Paramount. Amid this bit of a shakeup here, we've got the news that they are working currently on multiple Star Trek films is what we're being told, which we could have kind of gleaned from the news earlier. We had the news about a Star Trek script written by Kalinda Vazquez that J.J. Abrams is producing. And then without even mentioning that later on, they said there's a movie being worked on by, uh, he's going to be directed, but it's going to be directed by Matt Shackman and it's on the release calendar for June 9th, 2023. And those sounded like two separate projects. And we were kind of wondering at the time, is the Kalinda Vasquez one on the back burner? Is that not being considered now? Is this the front runner? Well, apparently according to Paramount, they're working on at least two, they said multiple movies. So we don't know exactly what that means but we can surmise that these are two of the films that they are currently actively working on right now which is good to hear like it's it's good to hear that this is a concern that this is something that gets brought up when there's a shakeup like this because star trek is of course a major part of the paramount uh, group of properties so i love that they're at least paying acknowledgement to it saying like we are working on this stuff right now yeah, but when they say they're working on it, to me, that just means that they're talking about it. They're not really working on anything, in my opinion. I mean... Well, there has been work done on both of these already. There are scripts written for them. It's definitely more than just talking at this point, for sure. Yeah, but a script... How many times have we had scripts written that just don't go anywhere? Well, that's that's true. But I was just taking taking issue with the all they're doing is talking thing. They're, they've done more than that. They have written a script, for sure. Okay, maybe I should backtrack. What I'm trying to say is I'm picturing the executives of this not production so much mm -hmm. but what are the executives planning to do what are they going to green light you know are they going to do anything with this stuff i'm sure there's ideas 
I'm sure there's scripts. There's there may be contracts with actors, but ultimately it's the decision of the top end executives of how they're going to move forward. And are they working to make something move forward now or are they still just talking? I don't know. Of course, I'm not there behind the scenes, so I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But what I do believe is that they do have all intentions of making something happen in the theaters and building this franchise. I think the main thrust to build the Star Trek franchise for Viacom CBS's standpoint is to build Paramount Plus. If there was no Paramount Plus right now, we may be talking about a Star Trek film and that would be it. I don't know if we would even have any type of Star Trek series. Star Trek is the key to unlocking a lot of subscribers into Paramount Plus. And you've got your hardcore Star Trek fans going into Paramount Plus. But how are you going to attract more people? And that is by putting Star Trek into theaters and then making them get excited about Star Trek that they want to go see this other Star Trek stuff that they just saw this movie. They want to see these series that are like this movie on Paramount+. Plus. It's all about Paramount+. Plus. Absolutely. Yeah. And this article at Trek Movie also brings up Paramount+, Plus and, and saying how that is a main focus of the studios right now, for sure. I, I would be interested in seeing some, you know, Paramount Plus released or, or streaming released films, maybe, you know, maybe a lower budget, a tighter budget. And and tying in more to the television universe, that could be interesting. Made-for-TV movies. I mean, I know that's uh, made-for-TV movies is kind of an old-style phrase now. But, you know, the similar type thing created for streaming, maybe a limited series or something like that. But that said, I recently went to the movie theater for the first time in a long time because, of course, of COVID. I'm just going to come right, and, right out and say it. I love that experience. I love going to the theater. I love sitting there with my popcorn and watching a film on the big screen, hopefully with a crowd that is well-behaved. But I do love that experience. I think it's a lot of fun. And I do look forward to seeing Star Trek back in the theater again at some point. And I have put on my calendar just to hold their feet to the fire. And of course, we know this date will slip because they always do. But June 9th, 2023 is the release date they've set for this Matt Chackman film. And I'm going to watch that date probably come and go on my Google calendar as we get close to that. So year after next, we'll see how that goes. I think that release date... When is Rogue Squadron scheduled to be released? I know it's in 2023. That's the next Star Wars film. I wonder if Star Trek is trying to beat them to the theater or if they're going to be just after them. I'm, I can't remember. That's a good question. I don't recall when that year that that movie's coming out. Okay. So I just looked it up. It is scheduled for Christmas of 2023. So if, and this is a big if, if Paramount sticks to this June release date in 2023, the next Star Trek movie will come before the next Star Wars movie, which uh, that's pretty crazy. I wouldn't expect that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm very skeptical, but we'll see. Yeah. Again, I do believe we'll see something on the screen. I, I don't really believe anything is really going to happen until we know they're in production. Once they're in production and I hear this date, I'll be like, okay, yeah, we're getting a movie in 2023. June 9th is the target date. Eh, it could get moved out a little later, but I think, you know, we'll get in 23, but not until they hit production. Will I 
really think that any of this is actually going to happen. Well, I should say, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what's going to happen and when. And we still don't know. And I don't know if it's really going to be multiple movies or not. They also have to see how this movie performs, right? If it tanks, then they're going to go back to the drawing board. And they're going to look at this and have these discussions for another, like, five years. (laughs) You know, about doing another Star Trek movie. Well, I hope they get their marketing department up to snuff because I think I honestly believe that was the biggest issue with Star Trek Beyond and its underperformance was the marketing. I think it's a good film. I think it deserved better than it got and it just needed better marketing. That's my opinion. I I'm not in the industry. You know, I'm no expert. That's my armchair quarterbacking. But uh, hopefully they can get their butts in gear both on the production side. And then once that's all done, market this film and get the Trekkies in the theater and get the general audience in the theater and make a buttload of money on this. Come on, guys. It's it's money on the table. It's yours for the taking. I agree with the Star Trek Beyond marketing. I mean, it's been a while, so I don't remember all the details. But I remember feeling at that time, I'm like, why am I not seeing more about this movie? We're getting closer to the premiere date. What like, I just remember it was just seemed like it was quietly coming out. I mean, I did see some marketing when I was in London. I remember at that time being impressed. I saw a lot more in London than I did in the States. Well, moving on to another arm of Star Trek production right now, we had uh, a win for Star Trek Discovery at the Emmy Awards, the uh, the Creative Emmy Awards. They won for visual effects uh, for season three of Star Trek Discovery, specifically the episode Sukal. Two Star Trek shows were nominated for a total of five Emmy Awards this year, and this was the one they took home, Star Trek Discovery for Best Visual Effects. Uh, they beat out competition from The Crown, The Nevers, Vikings, and The Umbrella Academy for the win. So... Uh, huge congratulations to the team behind the VFX for Star Trek Discovery. Uh, very, very excited for your win here and very well-deserved. The episode in question, Sukal, the visual effects were absolutely incredible in that episode in particular. And overall, I think season three, the VFX for Discovery were fairly incredible. So I think a very well-deserved win here. Absolutely. I mean, the visuals have been top-notch since the beginning of Discovery and just continue to get better. And yeah, Sukal was a great episode with some great visual effects. I'm very happy that they won this Emmy, of course. I mean, I've seen The Crown. I've seen Vikings. I haven't seen all of Vikings. I've never watched The Nevers or The Umbrella Academy. I'm familiar with them. But yeah, I mean, when I think about what I've seen in Discovery, it is Emmy Award winning special effects. I mean, they do mm-hmm. look that good. And again, I think they're just going to only get better. You know, it's yeah. going to be exciting to see what we get as time goes on. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, I've watched The Crown and The Umbrella Academy. Those are the two that I, I've watched. I've never seen The Nevers or Vikings. Umbrella Academy, I know, had really great visual effects. So I think that was that was the one to beat here. Although, again, I haven't seen those other two, so I'm not sure. But big win for Discovery. And like you say, it's only going to get better. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with in season four and in seasons to come of all the live action Star Trek shows and their visual effects. Well, and sometimes we don't always think about the business end of things, but it helps when you get an Emmy like this because it helps you to attract more talent. So, you know, if they're looking to bring in more talent in the special effects department they can tout the fact that hey we're an emmy award winning special effects team 
And so the top people in Hollywood are going to want to join that team. So this only works in favor of Star Trek. Looking forward to more wins in the future for this team, I hope. And more amazing visual effects like we got in Sukal, for sure. The only negative to win the Emmy is that the people who won the Emmy on this team could use that to go elsewhere. I won an Emmy. Hire me over here. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe they'll go to work on this uh, next Star Trek film that we know is definitely happening. <laughs> hey, yeah, that they would probably love to do that. So that would... Yeah, let's do that. Let's win an Academy Award for that one then. So moving on to some Star Trek product news now, we have some news from Eagle Moss about upcoming ships. And I'm going to link in the show notes an article from the Trek Collective that details a lot of the releases from Eagle Moss. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but there's one part in particular that I did want to discuss, and that is finally... We have some indication from Eagle Moss that they are going to be putting out an extra large model of the USS Cerritos from Star Trek Lower Decks. And I've collected a lot of Eagle Moss stuff over the years. I've kind of slowed down recently for various reasons, part of which is there's, you know, hundreds of ships now. And I'm not necessarily looking to get models of every single tiny ship that's ever been seen on Star Trek and even ships that were never seen on Star Trek because they're doing like prototypes and that kind of thing now. But the USS Cerritos, I think, is something that is definitely going to have to grace my shelf at some point because I'm really excited about this. Uh, there's no prototype or anything yet, but they do have a CGI mock-up that they've put together to show what this would look like. Man, I'm really excited to see this ship. I just think back to when we first saw the Cerritos, our very first time seeing it before the series came out. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't know, it kind of looks strange. The proportions look a little weird to me. And I remember also saying, but I don't know, I have to see it at different angles. It's just something that looks a little different. I, I have to see it at, at all the angles. I can't just look at one. And I remember then seeing the ship then on the show and everything. And I do really like the design of the Cerritos. I really do. And I mean, this model is just fantastic. You think about how silly the show could be and how silly they could have made the ship look. This is a ship that you could easily put in any of the Star Trek series in this time period, and it's it would look valid. I'm looking forward to it. I, just, I never thought of this before, but I'd love to see a California-class ship just in the background of some live-action Star Trek scene, just kind of going by in the background. I think that needs to happen. That would be lovely. This model, though, is it's coming in at an impressive 9.75 inches long. That's a weird way to put that. Let's say nine and three quarter inches long. I, every time I see decimals with inches, that's very strange. But nine and three quarter inches long, that's a good size model. And uh, it's expected to arrive in January. So uh, we'll be seeing this in just a few short months. And then I think we're also probably going to get the ship on Prodigy. Yeah, I'd imagine that would definitely be uh, be something they'd be working on down the line for sure. After the Cerritos, we have an extra large edition of the Titan coming as well as seen in Star Trek Lower Decks. I have, of course, the Titan they released thanks to a fan petition a few years ago because uh, it wasn't a canon ship. It was just from the novels. Now, of course, it is part of the canon. And a new edition of this, based on the the version we saw in Lower Decks, would be pretty incredible as well. You know, I stopped giving Eagle Moss money 
because, you know, I'm just like losing interest in some of the smaller ships. And then they just wrote me back in with this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the Titan. I'm probably more excited about the Titan than I am about the Cerritos. I love the Titan design. Very beautiful. Well, the Cerritos, I should also say, is based on the season one version of the ship. There were a few changes made for season two. Uh, the version of the model is more based on the season one edition, but uh, they're not huge differences. So I'm definitely excited to get this on my shelf. So what are the slight differences between season one, and season two on the ship? So uh, some of the details are a little sharper on the hull and the escape pods. Uh, the season one version had the square escape pods like the Enterprise D and the season two version has the kind of triangular type ones that we see on the Sovereign class later on, which, by the way, I always thought was like a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing where at the end of season one, they're talking about like, should we give the Cerritos all these upgrades, Captain? And the captain says, no, I want the Cerritos looking like it did before. I hate it when a ship goes in for a refit and comes out looking all sovereign class. And uh, that's kind of what happened. All the escape pods <laughs> changed and it looks a little more sovereign class. Nice. I I never noticed that. I could tell there was something a little different, but I didn't know what it was. And that that's it. Yeah, it's a little sharper hull, hull texture and just some of the details are sharpened up a little bit too, but... Uh, you know, nothing too substantial, like the casual viewer wouldn't notice any kind of difference at all. Yeah, I noticed it looked sharper, but I, I didn't notice about the escape pods. That's pretty cool. Well, from there, let's talk a little bit about Star Trek comics, because we have a new issue of Star Trek Year 5 available. Yeah, issue number 24. So this is exciting because this series has been running now for a couple of years and this is the last regular issue in the Star Trek Year 5 comic line. Now, there's an issue 25 coming out, but it's a epilogue, supersized edition. But having read issue number 24 myself, I can tell you that this really is the conclusion to the whole storyline we've been getting since issue number one. So if you've been reading these comics, then you definitely want to read this one soon. And if you haven't been reading the comics, now that they're all out, now's the time to start going back and reading them. You can get the graphic novel editions of these comics. And we're going to cover the next graphic novel that comes out that collects issues 20 through 25. And that will be late in December when we'll go through it. So, Dan, I'm really looking forward to going through all these issues with you. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't read this this issue yet. Uh, I'm excited to get the conclusion to the story because I've been really, I've, I've loved the story. I think they're doing some incredible storytelling in year five and a little sad to see it come to an end. But of course, we knew that had to happen. It was coming soon. So this has been a really fun chapter in the whole Star Trek universe. And to see this part of the story realized in comic form has been a lot of fun. So I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that when it, when it all comes out together. Yes. There's some interesting developments and that's all I'm going to say. No, oh, I haven't read it yet. So ooh, I'm excited. I should, I should do that this afternoon. Maybe. Well, finally uh, we want to talk about our next book club episode. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a delay on it by a week. Uh, so our next book club episode is going to be coming on October 8th. 
Uh, but we've got a special episode for you. I promise you it's going to be worth the wait. We are going to be speaking with Una McCormick about her latest release, which is the autobiography of Mr. Spock. Now, of course, it's an autobiography, so it was written by Spock himself. And Una McCormick just, of course, did the editing. So, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, all that stuff. So really looking forward to talking with Una about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, just one week later than usual, coming out on October 8th. So, Bruce, are you looking forward to that discussion? Oh, very much. I'm looking forward to that discussion. I always enjoy talking to Una McCormick. And I've been wanting to read this book since we heard about it years ago. And there's been stop and start dates and things like that. And it's done. And yeah, I would like to know what it was like when she was working with Mr. Spock, uh, when he gave her what, you know, he written down and she probably had to, you know, lighten it up a little. It was just too straightforward, too factual, too logical and she probably had to spruce it up a little so i'd like to hear her experience of working with him on his autobiography yeah for sure and as you alluded to there the uh the wait time for this i think justin ozer uh one of our former uh colleagues at trek fm who listens to the podcast uh, was saying he had it on pre-order for about three years and i think that sounds about right oh, this wow. book's been Delayed quite a while. And I'm sure we'll talk to Una about some of the issues surrounding that as well. So that should be an interesting discussion. Yeah. And I know that she's, we've kind of asked her before and she doesn't really know why <laughs> a lot of that stuff, but maybe <laughs> she knows a little bit more now, but yeah, I just ordered it. I paid for it. I've got it on my Kindle waiting to be read. So I'm looking forward mm. to it. Well, Bruce, is there anything this week from the Star Trek universe that we didn't talk about? I'm sure there is, but I can't think what it is right now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, where can people find you if they want to talk about whatever it is we missed on this week's show? I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and I'm also occasionally on the Star Wars Report and Literary Trek podcasts. Then, of course, I'm always in our discussion group on Facebook. Yeah, the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. Make sure to search that out and join if you haven't already. We'd love to have you join the conversation there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. Reach out to the podcast PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. Or check out our Instagram, which I never really talk about too much. Positively Trek on Instagram as well. And if you are feeling generous and want to donate to the show, patreon.com slash Positively Trek. We really appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. And thank you all so much for helping bring the show to you each week. Well, I've been Dan Gunther. He's been Bruce Gibson. This has been Positively Trek. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you in the next episode. And until then, as always, stay positive.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.